Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to College Football Weekly. It is week 10. Today is November the 2nd, 2020. Uh, I'm your host, Will Chambers. With me always, Tyler Walgy. Hey, Will. Producer Smitty. How's it going, fellas? We're good, man. We're good. Uh, week 10 is here. We got a lot to talk about today on the show. We've got uh, all the madness that happened over the weekend. The Pac-12 is back. The Mac is back. Return of the Pac. Return of the Mac. Classic Mac, song. But Mark, is, Mark Morrison, if yes. you're not familiar, go give that a listen. Mm. It is a jam. Uh, but yeah, we had a crazy weekend. Mark Morrison was a great three-point shooter in the NBA, too. The mustache, right? I don't know. That was no. Adam Morrison. I th- yeah, and he yeah. also wasn't a great three-point shooter in the <laughs> NBA. He was in college. Yeah. Um, Mark Morrison. Mark Morrison. Gonzaga. Adam Morrison. Nah, not so much. <laughs> uh, yeah, we had... Look, it was it was an, a crazy... You know, we record these shows on Mondays. And so last week, even before the football kicked off, we had crazy stuff. We found out Trevor Lawrence ended up testing positive for COVID. He had to quarantine, obviously miss the game. Uh, against Boston College for Clemson. He's also going to miss the Notre Dame game this weekend. That was crazy. The Wisconsin-Nebraska game that we handicapped ended up getting canceled a couple days after we uh, were breaking that down. A lot of madness. And I think this is what we all kind of feared the most, especially, you know, it's one thing when you hear about, you know, certain player, like whatever, you get 10 players on Florida or whatever. When you get like Trevor Lawrence or one of these really big names, I mean, he, he was the Heisman frontrunner before this, he now st- he's no longer the Heisman frontrunner. I'm sure he's still in the top three, but this is kind of what we all feared when it comes to you know this COVID season, and uh, it could affect Clemson greatly. Yeah, and you hope that every team handles it better and better. But here's the thing: I was lo- I was reading a couple of interviews this weekend. Uh, I know we're going to recap the Boise uh, Air Force game here soon, of course. But the Boise head coach was saying, "Look." We're following the protocol. We're social distancing. We're not even eating together. We're eating separately. And and they had an outbreak last week. It's like they're throwing their hands up. At some point, you know, the virus, it's not like anyone's, uh, you know, in college football's, uh, is, is it virologist? Is that what they're called who study viruses? Yes. yes. Yeah. So it's not like there are any of them are, are virologists, but it's like, what more can you do? It seems yeah. like a lot of these teams are doing a good job following protocol. They don't want their quarterback or any important players to be out, so it's just such a tricky thing, but you're right. This is what can happen. My fingers are crossed, though, you know, that we can get through this season. Yeah, for We're real. We're going to have outbreaks, but, uh, yeah, it was bad last weekend. I think we will get through the season. I think you're right. I mean, obviously, we've seen it. There's going to continue to be outbreaks. There's going to be games that never come back. Like that, that Wisconsin-Nebraska game, unlike what was happening in the SEC when you had Florida cancellations, you know, the Big Ten is not uh, rescheduling the Wisconsin-Nebraska game. It's Which gone. Which is a shame. It's not happening. Well, it's because they're all trying to fit into this deadline of bowl games and and the playoff schedule. And, you know, the Big Ten started late. They fucked everything up. They were the first one to cancel their season, and then they had to start late because of it. And now they have no – there's no room for for error. There's no margin for error now for them. Any, you know, if the, if the Michigan-Ohio State game gets canceled – That'd be great for me, but <laughs> right. it's not going to happen. You know what I mean? Like there's no, we're not going to have that. And so, you know, look, we're, I, it's just, everything is so unpredictable, even the disease. And we're obviously not, you know, medical professionals, but I have, uh, you know, a family member who I talked to recently, they have a friend who got it uh, and, you know, he had it and tested positive. His wife, who he sleeps in his bed with, didn't get it. Yeah. And so like, there's just no rhyme or reason. Obviously you can get it by being close to someone or you could just not like no one. No one has any idea, so it's hard for these coaches and these teams to predict. You know, yeah, you can have your players 
not have lunch together, I guess, not eat together, not hang out together, and you still might have an outbreak. So it's just kind of crazy because we really have no idea how to predict any of this. It makes gambling on it pretty hard. That's yeah, for no sure. kidding, especially since we do this show on Monday. That's I know. why I can't stress enough, everyone out there, you got to make sure that you're doing your own homework following up on these games. We'll give the best uh, evaluations and handicaps that we yeah. can, but a lot changes between Monday and Saturday. Yeah, and we're not. We we're, last we're obviously not making excuses for any of our picks. Oh, I and, am. Uh, yeah. I am. <laughs> well, then in that case, I'd like to make an excuse for my <laughs> Air Force pick. No, we should start with that. Tyler got a uh, win on the bet board. We're now tied 3-3. Three to three. I thought it was 4-4. Four, four. No. I'm pretty sure you were up. We'll have to check. Oh, you're um, right. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, 4-4. Four, four. Yeah, you were up 3 nothing, and I came storming back four straight. Uh, no big deal. And uh, <laughs> and now we're tied 4-4. Four, four. You know, I think this is how... I think this was a... I think this was well-planned by you. Here's what I'm going to say. We, you know, when we're doing the show outline, we have our list of games... Tyler thinks like, oh, I'm going to sneak one in. Oh, I got this great bet on, on Boise State. I'm going to sneak it in without letting him know so he has no chance to break <laughs> down the game at the end of the show. And you goat me into, uh, and obviously I didn't have to, but I wanted to make it a bet board game. I went with you know, the Air Force Falcons, the Zoomies, and they failed me. I got you, Will. You got I me. Pulled you, I pulled a fast one. <laughs> I got one. got. And how, I, how long have we known Tyler? Of course, <laughs> that is exactly <laughs> what he did. You got to watch For out, sure. man. I'm going to yeah. sneak one in there right I, at the end. I'm glad that you didn't deny it. And so, but you know what? That's fair. You know, I uh, I didn't have to do it, and I did. And I love my uh, my Air Force Zoomies. They're local, of course. We're in Denver. They're in Colorado Springs. So I always want to support them. But uh, Boise, even without Hank Bachmeyer. You know, and who I, we didn't know wasn't playing it. Exactly. Time. When I heard that news, I'm like, God damn it. Again, <laughs> because it, it got me with the Houston. Uh, who who else? Who's at Houston? Who they play that weekend? Houston BYU. Yeah, Houston BYU. And, yeah. Uh, and, and you know, a couple days after we record the show, I sent you guys that link. It's like 17 players out. I'm like, great. Yeah. And then I hear that Hank Bachmeyer's out, the starting quarterback right. and the starting safety, which is less important, but... But Jack Sears looked same, awesome. I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, here we go again. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, he came in, looked very good, and yeah, 4-4. Four, four. Yeah, I mean, it's a risk anytime you gamble early in the week, because you can sometimes get like a really good number, right? The value, you can get it before the line moves, or you can get totally fucked over because... Right. You bet on them, and then you find out four of their players are it's out. It's only a matter of time until yeah. one of these swings on my way. But. It's going to continue to happen. So yeah, you got you got <laughs> the uh, you got the victory, and so now we're tied on the bet board. I'm hoping we get some. We got our best bets coming up later today. Obviously, we're going to break down the week. We've got a couple segments. Uh, one returning from last year. If you uh, are a listener that uh, has stuck with us now for more than a year, we got some asses of fire coaches on the hot seat section. We got next week's headlines, and then of course we're going to do best bets. But uh, we should probably start with Clemson. You know, without Trevor Lawrence, uh, they got they dug themselves into a hole early against Boston College. They had a big fumble, like right at the goal line that Boston College housed all the way back. And then they were able to come back and win. And that was huge for them. Like, to be able to prove, you know, the, the new quarterback, I am going to butcher his name. Uh, it's DJ... Hang on, I've got it right here. DJ... Uh, <laughs> this is going to be really bad. I can play holding music I if you'd like. I think it's Ia Agulala. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Of course it is. Sure. I was going to say. Can I buy a vowel? <laughs> I was going to say Uigalele. But, you know, uh, that's huh. tough. You're, Ui, you're close. Ui, there's an A at the beginning. So it's 
what did you say it was? No, it's, I think it's UI, isn't it? Or is there an A? So the third letter in is an A, so you accentuate the A. Oh. So it's E-U-A-Gulele. Thanks, Smitty. Smitty's on top mm-hmm. of it. So, I don't know. <laughs> well, the funny thing is that we're not the only ones. Uh, during the broadcast, like the, the broadcast guys just started calling him DJ U. <laughs> like, uh, because they, they couldn't pronounce his name. But he looked awesome, right? He And, you know, we should expect it from Clemson to have lots of good quarterbacks Did there. Did he look awesome? He looked pretty good. I mean, he had good numbers. He was efficient. No, he obviously wasn't Trevor Lawrence good. He's um, a true they freshman, were running too. the ball more, yeah. But, I mean, I think that Clemson is a good, not great team without Trevor Lawrence. Really? And I think that that's the case with a lot of these college football teams. I mean, before, uh, you know, Michigan, whenever they're struggling, it seems like there's quarterback issues. Whenever yep. a good quarterback seems to go to a school, it seems like, they can it can elevate them to the next level. You know, when KJ Costello went to Mississippi State, which they've just looked worse every week, yep. it's kind of on him. And you're telling me a great quarterback can't make the changes. So I think really similar to the NFL, college football, if you don't have a quarterback who can get the job done, you're going to be an average to above average team. Now, I'm not calling Clemson above average, but nowhere near where they were. You take one player off the field, and all of a sudden, they're barely beating Boston College. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and you're definitely right. I mean, look, we know who the top of the of college football is. It's Ohio State, uh, Clemson, and Alabama, and they, all, they have the three best quarterbacks probably. And, you know, I mean, there are other teams that maybe have – you know, maybe you could say Zach Wilson at BYU is better than, uh, you know, or or it's kind of in that same group, but his team isn't good. So what you need is you need the great team, then you need the all-star quarterback. Yeah, for sure, and that's the recipe. But I mean, we want to put Clemson in that category without Sunshine. I'm not sure if we, if we can. Well, we're gonna see. Uh, then maybe if that ends up being a bet board game, oh, we'll see. Willie. Obviously, we're gonna uh. break down that Notre Dame game <laughs> later. But uh, yeah, it was a tough tough weekend for. Uh, for a lot of teams, obviously, we're going to talk about Michigan being upset by Michigan State. I'll get into that in a little bit. But Tyler, Oklahoma State, upset by Texas. Uh, my national champs. I mean, the Big 12 is out of the playoffs now, right? I mean, you'd think so, yes, unless they expand to eight, which we have no idea halfway through the season what the rules are this year. I don't think I don't think that's going to happen. But it would be so, sweet if it did. There's so much talk with the prominent figures in college football. I'm not sure why everyone's not saying that. Like... Everybody out there is saying, but they still may have an 18 playoff. Why is that the case? I don't. I haven't heard that much talk about it. I've, I've seen a little. I don't think that you could have it mid-season like this. I do think that, that that we will see it go to eight. You know, probably in the next couple of years. But I don't think that we'll see it. I don't think that right now. I mean, they already they already announced the bowl and playoff schedule. And I don't think, you know, once that's announced, I don't think there's any shot that they're going to say, oh, we're adding a couple of games. Well, if that's the case and it's still four this year, then I don't, yeah, I don't think the Big 12 stands a chance. I think you'll see two SEC teams or ACC, uh, excuse me, oh. ACC teams or, or maybe a Pac-12 team. Yeah, exactly. Something like that. I just, I think the Big 12 is probably out of it. Maybe not. You know, if Oklahoma State wins out and we'll see who they could get matched up with in the Big 12 championship game, I don't know. But that was tough for them and maybe a job saver for Texas. Does a one-loss Oklahoma State get past an undefeated Pac-12 team? Ooh. See, that's the question. I guess it I depends mean, on who it is. If it's USC, probably not. And who they lost to. Well, if it, well one-loss Oklahoma State would just win. Oh, it would oh be the that. undefeated. Yeah, Un- I think undefeated yeah. Pac-12 does get in, but then again, it'll be a shorter schedule, right? It's only, what, six? They're doing six games or seven? Seven, seven with the championship. Yeah, and so, gosh, this, this will be probably the most fun and awful at the same time, like, playoff discussion. You know, it's no always kidding. a little bit like feisty over who gets that fourth spot. And I think this year, since you have different conferences playing different games, it's probably going to be awful and amazing at the same time. Additional question. Yeah. 
What will we see more riots from? The election or the college football <laughs> election <laughs> show? Oh God, the election for sure. No matter yeah. what happens this week, it's it's going to be Riotville, USA. Yeah, it is election week. Uh, everyone stay safe out there. I you was know. thinking when we were coming tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow's election day. It could be a weird time in this country for everyone. So, you know, everyone just take a deep breath, regardless of who you voted for. We're not here to tell you who to vote for. But, uh, you know, if, you're, if your guy doesn't win, you know, take it easy. Just maybe take a deep breath. Uh, try to get some sleep. Everything is going to be okay. If your guy does win, don't go like spouting off shit in people's faces because <laughs> right. people are going to be very upset. And keep that in mind for the college football playoff as yeah, well. Yeah, that's I, right. I can tell you guys who I voted for. I did a write-in. I voted for Kanye. Oh, yeah, Kanye West. did you? Um, wow. Maybe. Well, we just got... I voted for you, Tyler. Hey, thanks, Will. I, I voted in for... I, I wrote in for you... Uh, yeah, you know what? It is a crazy time, and thank God we have college football to just kind of like distract us from, from some of this shit. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, it is going to be a weird week. And obviously, when this comes out tomorrow, it will be election day. So everybody stay safe <laughs> out there. I hope you got some it's canned like, food. It's like the purge. Some canned food and some ammunition <laughs> in your closet. Safe, lock yeah. yourselves up. <laughs> it's going gonna, it's gonna to be some... It's going to be strange times, you guys. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, we had... I do think that, you know, just to continue the playoff discussion... I think we'll end up getting two SEC teams in unless unless you get an undefeated Pac-12 team. That's my guess. Because like, although the only if Georgia wins the the East and then they they then would have had to play Bama twice. If they lose twice, they're not going to get in. So you'd have to hope that Florida wins against Georgia this weekend and then they go undefeated and then lose. You know, if they were to lose to Alabama in the SEC championship game and it's kind of close, maybe they get in. I don't know. That fourth spot's lot, up for grabs. A lot of scenarios. Yeah, yeah. they can happen. But I mean, right now. If you look at the landscape of things, and if Clemson takes care of business this weekend, you have to figure the top three are in. It's up to that last spot, that last spot, which probably goes to the SEC. The top of the the top of the rankings right now littered with SEC teams. So. Yeah, it's true. You know who I hope gets it though is BYU or Cincinnati because I think that you know depending on we're going to see what happens. Both the both those teams have big games this weekend, but if BYU or Cincinnati is undefeated, I'd love to see one of them get in as opposed to. A, you know, a two-loss SEC team or a two-loss, you know, a- ACC team. We'll see what happens in the Pac-12, obviously. But BYU and Cincinnati look, like, really good right now. Both these teams are tough. They have, uh, you know, really well-coached. BYU's got a great quarterback. I really think we could see if BYU can get past Boise State this weekend, we're also going to break down that game with our best bets. I think we could see BYU sneak into the playoff because right now they're both in the top 10. BYU is nine. Cincinnati's six. So if they continue winning, you know, look at the teams that are ahead of them. Notre Dame, they have a big game against Clemson, uh, Texas A&M, Florida. All these guys have big games. They could conceivably stay in that top rung, and we could see an AAC or or a you know a non Notre Dame uh, independent get I know, in. I noticed you didn't mention Coastal Carolina. Uh, dude, uh, shout out to the Chanticleers, Chanticleers. I don't know how you say that. Six and zero, oh. six and zero, oh. good 15 for them. In the nation. I did not mention them. Uh, they're not getting in, but uh, uh, like they're awesome, and I root for them every year. I love their colors, like the teal when they wear the white with the teal jerseys. I think it's awesome. They're super fun to watch. Probably, you know, could whoop the shit out of Michigan right now. Uh, God, you're sour. <laughs> I am sour, dude. It was a rough weekend for me. We should probably just talk about it. We Let's talk about do it? it. Let's do it. All right. So, yeah, Michigan loses to Michigan State. Uh, this is this is the worst loss for Harbaugh by far at his time at Michigan. It's like it's really not even close. Like this is, and you have to give credit. Michigan State played great. Mel Tucker, enemy of the show. Fuck Mel Tucker. Enemy of, of all three of us. Uh, he outcoached Harbaugh, and they played tougher. 
they took advantage of opportunities much better. But I, I don't know if he outcoached Harbaugh. I watched oh, that I game know, and I watched it. It came down to one thing: snap the ball, like in the back, like backyard football, throw it downfield. Michigan's secondary was god yeah, awful that game. That's what the weak. whole game came, yeah, came down to. I don't know if sure. I can put all that on Jim Harbaugh. Their their cornerbacks and safeties played a terrible game. That's what they know. came down to. I mean, you have to be able to if if like half of their offensive philo- or game plan is like let's just draw PIs. Some of that's got to be coaching, right? Like how how can you adjust that? Put two. I mean, uh, you had a true freshman receiver at Michigan State. I know. Go for like two hundred yards but, and two touchdowns. But it wasn't just the, the the penalties or the pass interference. I mean, they were coming down with a lot of those yeah, as well. For I sure. mean, and it, it, there were certain times. I'm not a coach by any means, but I'm pretty sure when you slow down and don't even turn your head around, it's no more or less than just a dummy. Uh, uh, uh you know, out there, it's it, it it was easy for yeah. those guys to make those catches. I yeah. mean, I know it was a freshman. We have to give Michigan State. A little bit of credit too, but those Michigan uh, cornerbacks weren't doing a damn thing on the outside. Yeah, they're terrible. But like, also, they're thin this year, and you're in. You, I mean, we know what college football is now. You, you got to play Ohio State. They have like this insane passing offense, and somehow Michigan has whiffed on recruits enough to be thin and really young at cornerback, like this huge spot. And so, like once again, that all falls on Harbaugh. And now there's reports. So they had brought in uh, Bob Shoup as a safeties coach. And he was going to be like helping out with the game planning. He was a defensive coordinator from Mississippi State. This guy at one point had like a number two defense in the country at Mississippi State, I guess. This was a big hire. And we haven't really seen or heard a lot about him in these uh, in these first couple games at Michigan. Now there's reports saying he hasn't even been with the team for the last three months. Like he's, well, that he's makes been, a lot of sense. He's been, coach, <laughs> he's been coaching from home. Like, uh, so we don't know. Like, you know, they've been very hush hush about like, is it a medical thing? Is it COVID? Whatever. But like these are just things that are leaking out now, and it's like it doesn't bode well for him being in control at Schembechler Hall. Yeah, nothing says great coaching like a Zoom call, yeah, right. dude. For real, God. like what is it? like it's it's just bad. And so this is like an inexcusable loss when you look at the talent that Michigan has. I know, like I this is the team that I was expecting them to be against uh, Minnesota when I gave that breakdown, you know, a couple weeks, and I thought they would lose that game. It was you know a new quarterback, four new offensive linemen, the corners are weak. You know, it, I think that first game we're finding out Minnesota's really bad, and then we're finding out that that the first week reaction. You know, we saw Michigan State lose to Rutgers, and everyone was like, "Oh, Michigan State's awful." Michigan dominates Minnesota, and that first, you know, I should have just seen this coming. Like, like I really should have seen it coming. It was a Halloween game on a full moon. I should have known Michigan would 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 choke this this game. And if you told me, okay, Michigan State's going to win by three, I would have told you, okay, they probably turn the ball over a lot. There were no turnovers. From Michigan, they had basically the same amount of of yards on offense, uh, very similar rushing yards, all that stuff. Uh, Joe Milton was more accurate than Rocky Lombardi. They just couldn't get in the end zone. I mean, they missed a lot of opportunities. A lot of that is just coaching, and I think this is really bad for Harbaugh. Uh, I kind of thought this was a rebuilding year to begin with, but at this point, you look at their schedule ahead. I don't know how many games they're going to win, and you know the seat is hot for him, and we're obviously going to get into you know, the, the hot seat segment we got coming up later, but, um, it's bad. This is really bad for him. I think they're going to lose recruits and I don't like it. It was, it was awful to watch. Do you, uh, do you feel better? Will? yeah, I mean, it was a little cathartic. Help, help I think we out. need to talk him off the ledge at I some know, right? point. <laughs> well, you look, you're right. I, maybe I'm overreacting again. And I felt like this last year when Michigan got blown out by Wisconsin early, I was like, I'm done with Harbaugh and they did turn it around and they looked good by the end of the year. And I'm just, you know, maybe this just is who Michigan is. It's that, like, you're going to have one really good year every third year. 
that second year they're going to be average and they're going to have a rebuilding year and they just they're not going to they're not you know a team that can just reload or whatever it's a new quarterback but he didn't look great Joe Milton didn't um, he struggles to throw the ball downfield I don't know man this was I you I mean Michigan State is a in a full rebuild this is basically year zero for Mel Tucker they couldn't recruit the last couple of years new coach uh, for them to lose that game when they're like twenty five point favorites is is insane at home it's bad. It was bad, and again, I know you're putting a lot of that on Jim Harbaugh. He hasn't lived up to expectations at all, but I was thinking about that. I'm like, who is Michigan? You know, right. because we all want to put Michigan in that category, but I mean, the they're definitely just on the field. Yeah, they're not, they're not in the category of like top football programs. They're right. not even like right. in the top three in the Big Ten really at this point. So I don't know, man. We're going to see what happens, but his ass is firmly on fire on the hot seat at this point. Your ass is grass, Kowalski. <laughs> um yeah, we got the Pac-12 coming back. Uh, so Alabama, they dominate Mississippi State. Mississippi State's got problems. Mike Leach has problems. Kylan Hill left the, t- the team. Yeah. You got more guys leaving behind him. Uh, I know that we kind of expected this kind of rebuild there, and it's gonna we're going to have some time before he gets his guys. But I didn't expect um, any rebuild. That was way off. <laughs> 41 to nothing Samsonite. is bad, man. That was it's really well. bad. Dude, I, I thought they'd at least have a decent showing this year. The first game happens. I'm excited about it. 600 yards of offense. And then they fell off a cliff. Yep. Haven't re- recovered. So not good in uh, Mississippi State. Well, once once these SEC teams get a good amount of tape on you, yep. um, it's in trouble. You're in trouble. Yeah. Uh, For sure. You know, And, and Mike Leach, with, with guys leaving – you know, he hasn't had necessarily the best track record, especially at Texas Tech with that whole concussion thing with, right. with, with the player. Um, yeah, yeah, honestly, with his press conferences, he's obviously kind of a weird guy. Yeah. Um, so you just kind of wonder how easy he is to get along with. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know if he's necessarily a, a coach of this generation. He's a hard ass. He's strict. Right. He's stern. And let me tell you, when you're winning football games, that's so much easier to deal with when you start losing, those players, those kids, they're like, all right, shut up, dude. Like, we've heard enough of this. Yeah, for sure. Um, we'll see, man. We'll see how much, how long the leash is for him there. The leash leech. Um, Ohio State, Penn State. This was like the premier game of the weekend, and it lived up to the hype for the most part. You know, Ohio State dominated, and they were up early. Penn State tried to make it close at the end there. They ended up right on the number, at least that we gave out. That number was moving around, but we ha- we both had – you know, Penn State plus 13 ends up being a push. Ohio State is just too good. And Penn State's tough. Honestly, to be able to hold Ohio State to 38 points is kind of impressive from their defense. But, like, Justin Fields is just too good. And Chris Olave is, like, that guy is, is maybe the most underrated receiver in all of college football just because it's dominated by big names. And he's, like, he's not this big, freaky, athletic dude. He's, like, a string bean. And, uh, and that guy just catches everything. I think that, you know, again, Ohio State's so good. That's what it comes down to. They dominated and 13 points. We were lucky for the push, but they are in that next level. They're elite. Yeah, for sure. I'm getting a call. Sorry. We were uh, we were joking earlier about this. So take I, it. Take I, it. I gotta, should I take yeah. it? So I'll explain to everyone what's going on while Will does this off the air. He got a text message earlier from someone saying, are we still on for tomorrow? And he didn't know who uh, was texting him. Did we get any clarification there? No, I, I, I missed it. I, I, I answered and there was no one there. So, yeah, I got a text from a random number, and they said, I wonder if they responded. Yeah. So I always like to mess with people. If I get a text like that, 
Call him back. Put it on the air, dude. <laughs> oh, damn it. It was a, it was a, pol- a political scam. Yeah, it was. <laughs> so you know how everyone obviously has been getting these texts like nonstop. I'm not the only person that's like, hey, we're with, you know, whatever. We want to make sure that you're getting to the. So I got a text that said, hey, are we still on for tomorrow? And now it says, hey, uh, I'm Spencer. I'm a volunteer with we Colorado, blah, blah, blah. We should have known. I should have known. Today, yeah. Damn it. Really thought I could mess with. Someone. I've started now. It's pissed me off so much. If someone, if a candidate or representative of a candidate calls me or texts me, I'm just voting for the other person. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good just, way. Yeah, screw yeah. you guys. I'm going the other way. You Democracy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or, or I could call the Jerry Seinfeld. You know what? I'm actually busy right now. Why don't you give me your cell phone number and I'll call you back later. Yeah. Oh, you wouldn't like that? Yes, you know how I feel. Yeah, you got to annoy those people. I love it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Ohio State. They're just so good. Justin Fields. Is incredible. He's probably the favorite now to win the Heisman since since uh, what, what, since what? Trevor Lawrence, you know, out with with, uh, with COVID stuff. What's their receiver's name? Chris Olave. Okay, I got a new product. All right, oh, we, 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 we always have product ideas. Olave's agave. It's uh, a margarita oh, mix. Oh, I yeah. like it. I like how it. about how about oil of Olave? Oh, <laughs> extra virgin here. Love it. Oil of Olave. Uh, Notre Dame. They beat Georgia Tech. Uh, Okay, did you guys see the Florida game with the brawl with uh, with Dan Mullen? I did not. So Florida's playing Missouri at halftime. Uh, they kind of did like a like a hail mary type throw, and their quarterback Kyle Trask took like a questionable late shot from a Missouri player. And Dan Mullen, head coach of Florida, runs out on the field to like confront the Missouri players. I've never I'm, seen anything like this I'm getting before. So sick of Dan Mullen. I mean, this guy should just shut the hell up, get back to his locker room, and it's not just this game. Right. He's always stirring shit up, and it, he's he, he's an instigator. He's an instigator. He's creating chaos. It's like, you got, if you can't be a good coach just being a good coach, I don't want to hear any of it. Right. He, talking about filling the stadium up, causing all this stuff, and then his right. whole team gets COVID. It's yeah, like, I'm, and they I'm, get I'm shut down. I'm sick of Dan Mullen, man. Yeah, well, it's funny because like a lot of times when if a brawl happens with players, coaches will run out and try to pull their guys off the field, <laughs> and he tried to say, he tried to pass it off like, yeah, we were trying to get our guys off. But then all the video shows that he ran out there. First thing, he's, he's clearly said something to some players. Then he's trying to get his guys off the field. Then some Missouri coach just comes around him, and he just goes nuts and starts trying to go after him, and he gets pulled away. And you know the brawl ensues. They get the guys in the locker room. Then he comes out of the locker room and, and gets his – he starts like getting the, the crowd up, you know, riling them up like yeah. WWE style. <laughs> and, and afterwards, he's like, yeah, and I think he got fined. I'm pretty sure they fined him. You know, or reprimanded or something, and so it was just—it's ridiculous for a coach to pull that kind of shit. So when he came back out of the locker, uh, out of the tunnel, it reminded me of that episode of The Office where Michael Scott pisses off all the stockholders, and he makes everybody <laughs> leave, and then he comes out just like waving his hands, and just, just like clapping it up. Oh yeah, it was I love so it. So embarrassing. I love it. Well, it Dan did. Mullen, dude. It did rile him up, and they ended up. You know, they—they uh, they beat Missouri handily, forty-one seventeen. Missouri. Yeah, that's true. And Missouri's not going to score unless you're you're playing LSU, I guess. But uh, Dan Mullen is the parent at Little League games, who all the other parents roll their eyes at. Yeah, for sure, dude. And, I mean, he's doing well there at Florida, obviously, and he's got a big game this weekend. But uh, it's just ridiculous, man. You can't have a coach going at players. I mean, that's it, it, obviously not to the same level, but like that's what got uh, Woody uh, or uh, yeah, Woody fired Allen. Woody fired from Ohio State. Was that he like punched? He, a, he punched a Clemson player yeah. who like came off on the sideline, and it seems like Dan Mullen's just like right there walking that line. And that was back in the day where that was halfway acceptable. Yeah, no joke, man. Now you'd like like get thrown in jail for that. 
halfway acceptable. <laughs> um, I'm actually surprised they actually, you know, made a coach resign over that back then. So can we talk about something real quick? We don't yeah. have to spend a lot of time on it. Yeah, but, yeah. But we, we had a lot just in the NFL and in college football this last weekend. We had a lot of fights where guys are just punching other players in the helmet with their bare hands. I yeah. don't get this. It's smart <laughs> I don't get stuff. it at all. It's really no, it's a big brain move. You guys aren't get you guys aren't aren't uh what they're trying to do is break their helmet so that they can't play in the rest of the game, I think. No, you're right. I mean, it's, like there, there's no dumber move than to than to punch a guy who's wearing a helmet. It's equivalent to like kicking a wall when you're pissed off or yeah, something like that. Yeah. It's just like Hitting cool. You have a the wall. you have a broken hand and that guy is like trained to bash his head on shit so it obviously isn't going to do anything like as a, as a guy in a helmet ever been punched him and knocked out in his whole life Never. like Never. you got to pull a garrett blunt and wait until after the game and punch the guy when he doesn't have his helmet on like he did when he was at oregon yeah, i don't know see, if you guys remember that against boise state <laughs> yeah he, he knocked a dude out right in front of chris peterson and uh classic stuff yeah you're right i mean like just stupid use your head i mean i know you get fired up but you know, I'm surprised Dan Mullen didn't go swinging at anybody's helmets with how stupid he was. Um, Rutgers, they get beat by Indiana. Indiana 2-0, ranked number – where are they in the rankings? They are number 13 in the country, and they host Michigan this week. That'll be a big one. Uh, other big movers uh, coming up or coming out of the rankings. Somehow Michigan is still ranked in the top 25. I don't get that. But uh, Liberty, Liberty is in the top 25. They're 6-0. and Hugh Freeze maybe going to make a uh, a comeback after his unfortunate fallout at Ole Miss. I don't know if you guys remember what happened there, but uh, he, what did happen there? Well, he was he had a lot of recruiting violations, and then it finally capped off with uh, the NCAA was investigating you know recruiting stuff, and they happened to see you know they were looking at his texts and phone calls with recruits, and they saw this one number popping up a lot, and some people did some googling. And it turns out it was for an escort service. And uh, Hugh Freeze... Was he getting players hookers? Uh, it sounds like he was maybe getting himself some hookers. Oh, okay. Uh, I think Bo Pelini and Hugh Freeze need to get together. <laughs> <laughs> that would be wild. Uh, but he's doing a good job at Liberty. He's winning a lot of games. So, you know, we'll see what happens. But, uh, yeah, that's all I got for the recap. Uh, I'm excited, man. I'm so excited for the Pac-12 and for Bloody Larry's. We talked about that before. The Pac-12 is going to do these 10 a.m. kickoffs. Larry Scott is the uh, is the commissioner of the Pac-12. People are calling these early morning games Bloody Larrys. With the agave thing, Bloody Larrys, Bloody Marys. Oh, Larrys, Bloody Marys. I love it. We got the Mac returning, which means we're going to have football now every day of the week except for Tuesday, if you include the NFL, because the Mac's going to they play these Wednesday night games. We get Thursday night NFL, some Thursday night college, Friday night college. Saturday, Sunday, Monday. If you're a football fan, this is just like the the best time of year. Literally every day but Tuesday. I can't wait. Yeah, I'm excited. Starting now. Uh, So we talked about Jim Harbaugh and his ass being on fire. So now we are going to bring back the segment from last year, Asses of Fire. Uh, Hi, I want six tickets to Asses of Fire. Yeah, baby. Okay, so we got our list of hot seat coaches. I'm going to see if you added anyone to it. All right. Um... First thing I want to start with is just obviously with Harbaugh because as a Michigan fan, you're kind of walking this line of do you fire him uh, just because he can't you know, get over the hump, or but who can you bring in that would maybe do even as good of a job or better? And so I have a short list of possible replacements, and I'm interested to know who you got on your list, Tyler. Um, I'm going to give you my number one. And these are only – I wonder who this is going to be. These are only guys that are like – 
feasibly gettable. So obviously, I, you can't put Nick Saban or anyone like that on the list. These are guys that that you think you, you know you, Michigan would actually have a shot at Wait, getting. So are you saying coaches who you think are going to be on the hot seat, or coaches who can replace? Well, we're going to do both because I, okay. I, I have okay. my list of coaches that are on the hot seat too. But I wanted to start with Harbaugh because he's clearly on the hot seat and he might have the hottest of of all the seats, the hottest ass. Yeah. And uh, and so. I'm looking at coaches that I think they could hire that maybe could do a good job that are possibly gettable. And number one is Kyle Whittingham, coach at Utah. I don't think it's very likely he really? leaves that job, but he's done such a good job at Utah, and that is a, that is such a pro. That's a difficult place to win. He's been extremely consistent there. Has one of the best bowl records. He's really good in rivalry games. Like these are the guys that you know. He like I love these coaches that are you know uh, they get the most out of their players. They play tough. They play strong defense. I think if you were to give him the keys to a program that could recruit really well, I see Kyle Whittingham as being pretty successful. Yeah, I could see him being successful. I just don't know if he's going to leave Utah. He's got such a good thing going there. He's got such yeah. control of that program. And frankly, such control right now of things going on in the Pac-12. I yeah. mean, for the guys he recruits and his success, I don't see him leaving. But if he did, I, I agree. He'd be very successful. Yeah, I mean, you're, I mean, he's only slightly gettable. And some of these guys, the next one on my list is really interesting because it's Luke Fickle. So at Cincinnati. That, that was my absolute, how is he not number one? Because he, he, I mean, I know he coached Ohio State. He played at Ohio State, too. Oh, that's, that's what That's I was why I'm say. not sure he's gettable. I don't know about I mean, that. I do think he probably wants to coach in the Big Ten. He turned down the job offer at Michigan State before they gave it to Mel Tucker. And so I wonder if you could get an Ohio State player to coach against his rivals at Michigan. I don't know, Do you think it would be possible? It would be, sh- it would be weird. Like... I would every time they lost to Ohio State, I'd be like conspiracy theory, like right. Mm, was yeah, he to, yeah, exactly. Is know? he an agent? Is he there just to lose? <laughs> exactly. Um, He'd never be welcome back in the state of Ohio yeah, if, exactly. ever again. I don't know about that. <laughs> if he won, at least he yeah. seems like the next hot item, though, right? For sure. That yeah, he, he's doing an incredible so job right at Cincinnati. Yeah, you know, he was interim coach at Ohio State that one year between Jim Trestle and Urban Meyer, and he and he was six and six. It wasn't great, but he's doing such a good job at Cincinnati. And I wonder because obviously his dream job has got to be Ohio State. And if Ryan Day ever, you know, takes off to the NFL, please, 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 Ryan Day, leave for the NFL. I think Luke Fickle will be right in line. But I wonder if somehow Michigan could nab him away. It, probably not, but he would be towards the top of my list. I, I'm still. I know it's weird. I, I'm not trying to make this a hot take. This is purely how I feel. It's it's weird though. I know it's not consensus. I, for me, the book is still out on Ryan Day. I mean, he needs to go four or five full years dra- uh, uh, recruiting his own guys right. until I can say this still isn't Urban Meyer's success. And it's not just the guys in the field. It's the whole aura of... Right, the organizational of, stuff. Yes, yeah. yes. With, with Urban Meyer and what he left. I mean, he left Ryan Day in the best hands For I've sure. ever seen a college football For coach sure. take a program over. So I know, I know that sounds like a hot take, but... I, I really don't know how great a coach Ryan Day is. Maybe I'll be proven wrong. Maybe he's going to be just as good as Nick Saban or right. Dabo Sweeney. But right now, I, it's tough for me to give him all the credit we give these other. That's fair. Coaches. He's definitely proven himself as an offensive mind. But you're right, as like a head coach and leader of the program. You know, we still got to, I guess, wait and see. But that's so tough. I mean, it's so tough to mess up. You know, if if you get for the sure. cars to, or if you get the keys to a Ferrari, just drive straight in your lane. Make sure you park it well. Don't don't risk it on any parallel parking jobs, and you'll be just fine. That's true. By the way, 
I can teach a class on parallel parking. I'm one of the really? best parallel parkers. I'm really good too. Do you have a backup camera? It helps. No, I don't have a backup cam. No. That's that's new school. I'm I do. School. I love a backup camera. You got to know the geometry. When to hook the wheel in. When to swing it back around. <laughs> Let me put you in the 06 Buick that I have. Yeah, that's a boat, <laughs> dude. We'll see if you can park that thing. Uh, maybe maybe we'll go out and do a, a challenge one day. A little parallel I'd parking. Like that. Yeah, that'd be fun. Who do you? I want to hear some of the names on your list because I want. I have a few more names. I want to see if if we're we're uh, on the same page here. So my boy Mike Leach. I mean. How can he not be on the heights hot seat? No. I think you got to give him at least a year, but holy shit, he's looked really bad this season. He has looked really bad, and and I don't I don't know you know how long he's going to last there. The next one, low profile, and I don't know if a lot of people are going to talk about this or whatever. No one cares about Vanderbilt football, but at some point you've got to start competing in the SEC. And Derek Mason has not gotten the job done at Vanderbilt, so I mm. think that he's up there for me. I don't have any obvious replacements, but Derek Mason definitely probably one of the the coach is on like the hottest seat right now in college football. Okay. Um, and then Jeremy Pruitt. I mean, again, Tennessee, Tennessee. proud program. Uh, not They started off this season with such high expectations, right? And then they have just fallen down two and three on the year. They play another, I think, two and three Kentucky team this, this week. They play Arkansas. Right? Arkansas, not, that's right. Arkansas is tough, man. That's yeah. going to be a tough game for yeah, them. Yeah, but, but they're both two and three and going in different directions. Like Arkansas had no... You know expectations and in Tennessee again. It's not just about what what was supposed to happen this year. That's a proud program. I think they need to make a change soon if Jeremy Pru doesn't get it done. Can okay. I, can I give you guys a couple? Yeah. 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 Uh, so we got uh, my first one is again. Why would you leave something that's so good? But uh, Brett Venables. Is this for taking the Michigan job? You mean? Yeah. I had him on my okay. list too. Yeah. Yes. So Brett Venables is one, and then um, uh, Bilema. Brett Bilema. Bilema. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, where is he now? Is I'm he, not sure. Is, that, I think he was in the NFL with like the Patriots recently. Hmm. Um, he was. You know, yeah, those are my two. He's got Big Ten experience. He was successful at Wisconsin. Yeah, and he, too, he's currently too hot uh, Arkansas. The outside linebackers coach and senior defensive assistant for the New York Giants. Okay, wow. the New York football. Well, I, Giants. I could see that whole staff getting yeah. blown up here <laughs> right? this year. So yeah, I don't, yeah, those are my two. That's interesting. I don't think I'd want him over Harbaugh, but it is an interesting name. I had a couple. I did have Brett Venables. He's obviously, obviously, uh, if you don't know him, he's the defensive coordinator at Clemson. He's had a ton of head coaching opportunities and he's just stuck with Dabo but you're right maybe the appeal of a bigger program like Michigan I don't think he's had any head coaching offer, offers quite on that level well before. and also we kind of hit these t- with, with these big time teams I mean I guess Alabama's kind of you know with with withstanding but yeah um, where, where they kind of I think Clemson's gonna hit a peak here soon yeah maybe like, well especially once Lawrence goes kind of all these guys ATN's going to go to the NFL yep. I, th- I think they're going to kind of come down off of this peak that they've got going on I would love Venables because Clemson has done so well against Ohio State and he specifically has done a really good job at shutting down really good Ohio State offenses that would make me very happy uh, a couple other names I put on here Matt Campbell at Iowa State he's a name that's always talked about I don't know if he'd be better than Harbaugh but he's one of them and then this is kind of my sleeper is Herm Edwards at Arizona State. And I know that's still a big program, but I wonder if the allure of going to a bigger, you know, Michigan is a bigger program than Arizona State. He's done, when he first took that job at Arizona State, he had been out of the NFL and doing TV for so long. I thought it was so stupid, but he's been really good there, especially in big games. He's had a lot of big upsets. The defense has been tough. He brought in a good staff. He's recruiting well. Yeah, recruiting is off the chart. I there. would love to see him uh, at Michigan and see what he could do there. You know, he is a little older, but uh, that's just, you know, there's not a lot of names out there that I could see Michigan uh, replacing Harbaugh with if he were to be fired. I like that one a lot. I think he's a very, very underrated coach in all the aspects, right? Being a a good head coach comes down to recruiting, 
X's and O's and then surrounding yourself with good talent yep. in terms of other coaches. Right. He's done all those very well at Arizona State. And developing your talent because anyone can bring – I mean, right, Harbaugh's right. brought in a ton of good recruiting classes with guys that haven't developed, you know? Yep. Something I think about Herm Edwards, too, is he is such a great motivator. Yep. Like, I used to watch the Sunday NFL countdown, and him just talking about random NFL players used Get to make fired me, me want to yeah, run, run through a wall. You start right? looking at your fantasy football team going, let's go, boys. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, a couple other names I got on the hot seat here. So I think Tom Herman might have bought himself a little bit of extra time, but I have a little juicy tidbit here. Uh-oh. So I have uh, some family in Columbus. They're big Ohio State fans. And uh, I was talking to one of them, and he uh, happens to know a guy in Columbus who uh, is a Texas grad. He lives in Columbus, obviously, but he went to University of Texas, and he is a booster for the University of Texas program. And he said, and obviously, you know, none of this is confirmed. He said that there's basically already a deal in place for Herman to be fired and Urban Meyer to take over at Texas. Shut up. That now, would be awesome. Look, we hear we hear this stuff all the time <laughs> and, and, and it doesn't come true. There were people that were saying that Nick Saban was going to leave and take over the job at Texas. So I'm not saying this is like a thousand percent true. It's just something I heard. And it would be, if you're a Texas fan, you're saying this is fucking awesome. Yeah. I would, I, it sucks because I, I like Texas and I kind of root for them. I couldn't do it with with Urban Meyer. I couldn't root Why? for him because I hate Urban Meyer. Guy? Yeah, because he Dude, went he went seven. That would be he takes every chance on TV to shit on Michigan and fine. <laughs> he has the right to do so, but I just hate him. That would be awesome for college football. I would love that. Texas would be back at that point. Dude, imagine how good Texas could be with like a, a proven coach of Urban's level. You know, her uh, Tom Herman has done an incredible job recruiting, but he can't develop these guys. You put Urban Meyer in there with, with some of that talent. And all the guys from Texas, I mean, that was one thing Urban was known for when he was at Ohio State, is he would go in and pull some of these guys, some of the best talent in Texas, and get them to go to Columbus. If he's right there where he can get all those guys to stay home, like, look out, man. Texas could be huge. So everyone out there, uh, on your web browser, go to IsTexasBackYet.com. <laughs> it's a great website that I like, and it just says, Is Texas Back Yet? And right now... Nay. Yes, shouldn't they be back? They 40%. just they just beat a top five ranked team, yeah. right? And I mean, uh, they got an upset over Oklahoma State. That was in Stillwater, wasn't Texas it? Texas is not back yet. We haven't really talked about the pain from your Oklahoma State loss, have we? No, I've been trying to avoid it the whole time. I've been faking this smile. I'm really down in the dumps, and uh, my national championship pick, my my dark horse, they're out of it. Well, they're still definitely in the Big Twelve race because losing to Texas isn't it? Texas already has two Big Twelve losses. So Oklahoma State's fine. They just have to beat Oklahoma now. That's that's the big one. Yeah, but I mean... Yeah. Oklahoma is like riding under the radar. They could go out and win the Big 12 if they get a little help. Because if they were to beat Oklahoma State, now they have a head-to-head against Oklahoma State and Texas, two, two, losses. two lost teams. Two losses, But though. you need Kansas State to lose if they beat... Because uh, Kansas State beat them, didn't they? Yeah, they, the well, 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 they did, but Kansas State lost last weekend. They got crushed, 38 To West Virginia, that's right. Yeah. So Oklahoma, even though they seem like down in the dumps, actually could end up just like, uh, you know, how it would be perfect for them to have a bad season and still win the Big 12. Yeah, but they won't go to the playoffs. Interesting. Uh, another Big 12 team I got here on the hot seat, Les Miles, the Mad Hatter. So he goes to Kansas. This is his second year. You know, Kansas is obviously a, a terrible football program, like maybe the worst in all of the – the uh, power five it was like them and Rutgers but now Rutgers is finding ways to win games and Les Miles is 0-6 right now they're getting blown out by the way it's been one of my favorite I haven't given out on the show much but I just love picking against Kansas against the spread and they've been terrible they're getting blown out by everybody and I wonder how long the leash is 
at Kansas with the Mad Hatter there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. They're, the expectations are so low. I mean, right. it's funny. They still get guys in the NFL all the time, which is so weird. I'm looking back the last couple of years, 2018, 2019, 2020. Uh, I mean, they've had draft picks almost every year. Kansas has? Yes. No shit. Yeah. Uh, I mean, O-line, halfback, D-N, and halfback didn't last, D-end. The end guard center so it's a lot of these low profile positions but i mean if you look back to 10 or so years ago cornerback I was cornerback you yeah yeah they had chris harris they had uh keep to leave keep to leave that's right yeah I, th- I think the uh the university of kansas situation is is they they sh- if they walk away from less miles they're never going to get anybody as good or with the clout that he has and it kind of reminds me of like we're watching a real life bad news bears situation going on where you got the old the old great and he's just taking on a bunch of underachievers like guys that just really can't yeah don't really technically belong in the in the big 12 and he's just doing his best he still eats as much grass as he ever did i think that's the problem (laughs) i'm pretty sure kansas is a turf field he's got no grass to eat i think that's That's the real problem yes yeah i mean he's always out there eating a blade of grass you know uh feeding on it like a cow (laughs) You know, I feel bad for the Mad Hatter. I love him. I feel like, unfortunately, if he were, if Michigan were to fire Harbaugh, he'd be a name that people would put on the list because he played there I under Bo Schembechler, and he always said he wanted to coach there. But obviously, I don't want him. He hasn't, you know, he hasn't been very successful. Not a big resume booster in Kansas. No, no not at all. Uh, all right, that's it for Asses of Fire. We're going to move on to next week's headlines. We did this this segment uh, a handful of times last year, and I got to say, like Tyler. Tyler Walji here should be, you know, if you ever decide to get out the professional gambling game, I think you have a real career in in just giving out headlines for newspapers because <laughs> your game is incredible. And I have three of my own, and I I'm it. I actually feel good about them, but I just know they're not going to hold up to yours. So give me your first uh, headline. So the way this works is we're giving out next week's headlines based off of games that are going to happen this week. Exactly. Right? These uh, This upcoming uh, week of games... Uh, this is the headlines for after these games happen. So it's kind of us predicting what's going to happen this weekend in the form of headlines. Of course. Okay, so yeah, give me your first. I'm going to start off with CU-UCLA. Okay. For those who don't know, my Colorado Buffaloes back in action this weekend, along with uh, the rest of the Pac-12. CU is hosting UCLA. I've got three for this game. Okay. This one's simple. Three for one game. Buffs, yeah, damn. Buffs beat Bruins in Boulder. Okay. okay. That's not your best uh, work, but okay. Uh, the next one. Chip Smelly Stinks. Buffs get big W. <laughs> Chip Smelly Stinks? Well, because Chip Kelly. Oh, okay. Yeah, Chip thought, Smelly. Uh, I was thinking Chip like uh, the mascot for CU. Oh, no, Chip Smelly. Okay. Chip Kelly. Chip Smelly Stinks. like it. Uh, and then uh, Carl Durrell is the new ho- head coach of the uh, Buffs. Yep. Carl's Juniors shine as Buffs beat Bruins. <laughs> <laughs> you would need like a big, a couple, like a junior to exactly. junior Exactly, we need some juniors to go off. Yeah, like a quarterback to receiver yeah. Car- kind of scenario. Carl's Juniors shine. Okay, okay. Uh, I'm guessing you have more. It's not just that one game, right? Oh, I've got plenty more. Okay. I've got 12 total for like eight oh different games. Oh my gosh, <laughs> okay. I only have three. Smitty, I don't, did you, uh, do you have any of these or no? I wasn't prepared for this, but I've come up with one on the fly. Okay, yeah. all right, all right. I'll give one and then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll loop around. So my first one is this is going to be the Ann Arbor newspaper uh, in Michigan after this Indiana game. Who's your Ned next head coach? They lose to Indiana, well, the that's Hoosiers. Good. That's good. Who's your next head coach? I like it. Uh, Smitty, let's hear one. What do you got? All right, so again, this is just something I came up with on the fly, All right. and it's for the uh, BYU-Boise game. Nice. And it's Brigham Young beats Broncos better than his wives. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, that's that's a rough one out there, folks. I like it. I like it. That's a very alliterative. Yeah, it's for uh, an edgy newspaper. You, yeah. you got to pay a, a subscription to get that newspaper. No that's, doubt. That, that's for something like The Onion. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right, Tyler, give me some more. Okay. Uh, let's see here. Um, Clemson, Notre Dame. No sunshine in Clemson. It's in. Uh, I know, it's but in like South it's, Bend. It's, a, it's like a Clemson newspaper. Yeah, that's so true. No sunshine. But in see, Clemson. also South and Bend. It's alliterative. No sunshine in South Bend. Kind of plays. Oh, kind of rolls. Oh, you know? see, like the collaborative. This effort is why here. you have an, edit, an editorial team with any newspaper. Okay. No luck needed as Irish win. Uh, oh, luck of the Irish. I think they're going to need some luck. And okay. then my last one. I wish you a happy playoffs. <laughs> oh, no, that's the worst <laughs> thing I've ever heard. That's so bad. Uh, I have one for for uh, that game. It's okay. the South Carolina local Clemson paper. No Trevor, no trouble. I think oh, they get I that. Like that. I think okay. they get the dub against okay. Notre Dame. All right. Uh, uh, give me, I only have one more, so let, let's rattle some up. My next one, Tennessee versus Arkansas. Who gives a shit? Someone had to win. Oh, is it, well, that's a very <laughs> offensive newspaper, but I like it. Uh, KU versus OU. Less mile grazes like a cow as Sooners route Jayhawks. Yeah. Yeah, not very that's good. That's definitely going to happen, though. Okay. And then this one, we were talking about the hot seat, Nebraska Northwestern. Yep. Scott's Frost melting from the hot seat. <laughs> All right, I got, I got one more. <laughs> yeah. So for Tennessee, Arkansas, no one volunteered for this. Oh, oh I like gosh. that. That's a good one. It'll be here all week. All right, my last one is uh, the Boise State BYU game, a Provo newspaper. The Buck stops here. Okay. The the Broncos, right? Boise State Broncos. I think BYU gets that win. Okay, um, I got a couple left. These are average. Uh, Miami NC State. This one's like normal. A hurricane runs through NC. That's a filler. Mm. That's a filler headline. Also, maybe insensitive to people that have had hurricane issues. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, this one may be insensitive to people who've had COVID uh, or the South in general because not a lot of mask wearing going on down there. Mm. And uh, Georgia, Florida, it's known as the world's largest cocktail party for it those is. who didn't know. Yes. Uh, despite dogs win, massive COVID outbreak at the world's largest cocktail party. I love it. <laughs> I like it. Maybe also a very true predictive one. We'll see. We'll see and, what happens. And then uh, Michigan State, Iowa... Fuck Mel Tuck. Hawkeyes get the win. That's the Boulder, yes. uh, <laughs> the Boulder newspaper. Yes, huh? it is. <laughs> Fuck Mel Tuck. Yeah, he is enemy of the show here, and one and zero against Michigan. Fucking a. Mm. I think the best one though, Scott's frost melting from the hot seat. That is, that, I like that one. I, I definitely like that or one. Or we this could is, just we could just shorten my my earlier one. Just Chip Smelly. Ch- yeah, I think Chip Smelly yeah. uh, definitely plays. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's Tyler's. That that's your wheelhouse right there. Headlines. Yeah, that's what I do. I like it. Uh, all right, moving on. We're going to end the show with best bets here. Let's go. We've got a bunch of games to break down. So we're going to start with BYU at Boise State. This game, uh, BYU a three-point road favorite, open as a pick em. Boise State, they got the win and covered for Tyler's bet board win last week. They looked great against Air Force, even without Hank Bachmeyer, who is out, but we don't really know why. They're being kind of hush-hush about uh, the reason for him being out, which leads me to believe that it is a COVID positive thing, but they haven't said anything. And I think what they want is they want to make BYU have to prepare for both quarterbacks. I don't think we're going to see Hank Bachmeyer back in this game. I think that's why he didn't travel with the team. Uh, but their quarterback, Jack Sears, looked really good against Air Force. He was really efficient. Um, but to me, this is less about uh, Boise than it is about BYU. This BYU team... They've never had a better shot in sneaking into the playoff. And as long as it remains a 14 playoff, they're probably never going to get another shot like this. They had two games circled on their schedule 
before the year. It was the Houston game, and it was the Boise State game. If they win both of those, I think they're going undefeated. Uh, Boise doesn't even need to win this game to still win the Mountain West, so I don't think it really means as much to these Boise players. Uh, The Broncos only returned one starter on the offensive line, and their defensive line isn't very strong. I think that's a really bad combination against this BYU team that has huge guys on both sides of the ball. They like to, you know, on offense, they like to really mash you and move guys off the ball, and that opens up the play action for Zach Wilson where he just kills you. Um, I think the Boise win against Air Force was the best thing you could have hoped for if you're a BYU better because they win and they look good, and it helps kind of uh, keep that line low. I think BYU wins this game by double digits. They continue their dark horse season. I'm taking BYU minus three. I refuse to bet on any game where I don't know who the quarterback's going to be. And in your defense, a lot of times what I do, right, in my process of betting is let's assume the team who I'm betting against is fully healthy, is ready to go. And, and so worst case scenario, there's something wrong. There's a guy out. They've got something going on, which is only good for you. That's kind of what you're doing here. Yep. Even if Hank Bogmeyer plays, which you're assuming he's not going to, but still, you like BYU either way. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, if if Hank Bachmeyer was for sure playing, I would probably like Boise here. But yeah. since we don't know, and since the preparation is going to be thrown off this week, I'm assuming it's going to be thrown off this week. There's two little information out there for me to feel good about either side. I mean, if I'm forced right now, I'll probably take a BYU minus the three, but Jack Sears look good. That's a good offense. Yep. And my stat that I gave out earlier, going back 20 years, teams who have film on other teams typically do very well, as long as you've got a coaching staff who can handle it and a good roster. So that terrifies me in this spot. BYU has played seven games so far. Yep. Boise's played two. So I don't love this game either way, but... uh I don't want to put it on the bet board. So. All the public money right now on BYU, by the way, as well. So um, if you are afraid of the public money, then uh, maybe maybe Boise State's your pick, but I feel confident in the Cougars. Uh, moving on, Houston at Cincinnati, an American game. Uh, AAC, we got uh, Cincinnati currently a 13-point home favorite. That moved all the way up from 10, which was the opening number. This is another one of those games where we got the unstoppable force versus the immovable object. The Houston Cougars offense versus the Cincinnati defense. The Cincinnati, the Bearcats defense has been ridiculous. The last two weeks against SMU and Memphis, those are both top 30 offenses. Cincinnati's defense held those teams to 13 and 10 points, respectively. Uh, the AAC is full of great offenses, and the Bearcats just continue to shut them all down. Um, but the Cincy offense has kind of caught up to the defense. They kind of were flying under the radar early, and then the last two weeks, 42 and 49-point outings. Desmond Ritter's getting more involved in the run game. Uh, he's doing a better job of not turning the ball over. This is just like my take on BYU. The Cincy team has their eyes on a bigger goal, on getting to the playoff. Uh, Houston offense struggled against UCF last week. They turned the ball over a bunch. I think we see more of that this game. I think Luke Fickle is in a completely different level of coaching class than Dana Holgerson. I think that's why you've seen this number creep up to 13. Uh, as long as it's under 14, I like Cincinnati here at home. I'm going to take them minus the 13 points. I like Cincinnati too for a couple a couple reasons. You mentioned the Houston defense, right? How it just it gives it gives yards up. We we know that they gave up 700 yards in last week's loss. Yeah, that's bad to, to, to UCF. But also, if they're going to give up that many yards, which you know they're going to, well, not necessarily because Cincinnati thrives on offense, but they're going to give up that many yards. They're not a great def- uh, a defense. You need to score on offense. Last week against UCF, who's not the same UCF team we're accustomed to seeing, yeah. one offensive touchdown. On the other side, Cincinnati 
has done so well against the spread the last couple of weeks. And let's clarify this to everybody out there. The spread in college football is another way to say it is that's the expectation. If yeah. you're a 20 point favorite, the expectation is you win by 20 points. If you win that game by 14 points, guess what? You failed to you meet expectation. Yeah. Exactly. You win by more, you're exceeding expectation. Cincinnati has covered the spread the last two weeks by 62.5 points. This team is unbelievable. That's huge. They're way ahead of Vegas right now. They're outplaying the spread, and I think they're a lot better than most people think. I'll take Cincinnati as well. Okay, love it. Uh, next game, Michigan at Indiana. Oh, God. Michigan, somehow a three-point road favorite. This line reeks. I honestly don't know how they could open this up with Michigan. You know, It actually opened three and a half, and it's been bet down to three now. I don't know how you put them as the favorite here. This is just stinky to me. Uh, Michigan State showed exactly how to beat Michigan. You take away the run game, you know, you stuff the run and take away some of those short throws and try to force Joe Milton to pass downfield where he's really struggling. Um, Indiana's defense did give up a ton on the ground to Penn State, but then they were much better last week against Rutgers. They limited Rutgers to less than three yards per carry, but they did, however, give up a lot of quarterback rushing yards to Sean Clifford when they played Penn State. I think that is a big opportunity for Joe Milton to run the ball and uh, and maybe kind of get some bounce back opportunities for him there. Uh, Michigan had basically the same number of yards as Michigan State in zero turnovers, but they lost because they just struggled to get into the end zone. And uh, also, you know, just some poor coaching. I decisions. see something that looks juicy, and I want to have it. <laughs> what do we got? No, no, that was no nothing. Go ahead. Uh, Indiana, they've pl- they played Michigan really tough in recent years. It was a blowout last year. But the previous four years, they were all really hard-fought, close games. Michigan's won 24 straight games against Indiana. 1987 was the last time Michigan lost to the Hoosiers. Indiana's out for revenge. They got Penn State. Now they have their chance against a wounded Michigan team, but you got to beware the wounded animal. This line is dropping. I think the public... Where are you going here? I think the public's going to be all over Indiana here, and I'm hoping they move the line so I can take Michigan at minus 2.5 or less. It's 3 right now. If I can get Michigan... At two and a half, I'm going to take him. I think uh, last year, you know, Michigan got blown out by Wisconsin. It was a bad loss. People were calling for his job like they are now. Then they had a game two weeks later where they were favored against a higher-ranked team in Iowa. This feels just like that, and Michigan went on to win and cover. It's not a homer pick. Trust me, I don't have a lot of faith in Michigan right now. I'm just going with my gut on this. I think that if Michigan really was the worst team you wouldn't see them be favored on the road. This is just a weird scenario. This is why this line stinks. And typically, when a line seems too good to be true, when I first saw it, I thought, oh, I'm jumping all over Indiana. Three point, That's what I thought Three-point dog at home to a bad Michigan team. The, you know, Normally, when I do that, I'm always wrong. And so I'm going to go. I'm going to do the Costanza. I'm going to do the opposite <laughs> of what feels right. And I'm going to take Michigan here, especially if I can get them below three. I feel pretty good about three. If I can get a minus two and a half, I'm all over that. See, you said this line stinks and, and everything, so I thought you were going to take the the juicy side of uh, Indiana, no. which is why uh, I think we jumped the gun a little bit here, but we all know Will, <laughs> what Will thinks when he sees a juicy line. Yeah, I see something that looks juicy, and I want to have it. That's <laughs> right. Normally, it, it, do, it did look juicy, and I'm, gonna, I'm doing the Costanza method. Anything that normally seems too good to be true usually is. That's why I think Michigan actually is the right side here. So I'm taking a bit of a different approach to this game, and I was hoping you'd be on Indiana because I love it when I can take Michigan in a bet board game. That way, Will just can't win at all. (laughs) If Michigan wins, he loses the bet board game. But I like to uh, refer to 
a lot of my uh, trusted sources for this. And while I don't have a score predictor for football necessarily, a lot of predictors are saying that Michigan's just going to take care of business this game, whether right. it's on, despite whether it's on the road. Bounce back. Yeah, exactly. Now, I am scared of Michigan on the road against ranked teams. You know, uh, they, they outperformed uh, what we expected earlier this year when they went on the road against uh, Minnesota. Yep. But we're learning Minnesota just wasn't that good. Indiana is a real team. I think last week was so much more about uh, Michigan than it was Michigan State. And I think that there could be some overreaction to the Wolverines. So yep. I actually like Michigan as well. Give me the minus three. But like Will said, who knows what this line's going to do. Uh, I like Michigan, though. 82% of the money right now coming in on Indiana. They'll definitely be the public favorite. People hate Michigan. They love to bet against them. And uh, I think, I, I, honestly, Indiana didn't really deserve to win that Penn State game in the first place anyway. So I think there's just a lot of built-in value to that number on Michigan here. Um, I hope I'm right. Uh, next up, uh, Big Ten, Ohio State Rutgers, 37-point favorite here at home for Ohio State. This line is huge. Sometimes I love picking these lines just to see what, what Tyler says about it. Um, I think Ohio State, obviously, they're going to win this game easily against Rutgers but I do think this number is too big when you consider that uh, Greg Schiano, the new head coach at Rutgers, obviously he, he had been there before. He spent a lot of time at Ohio State as a defensive coordinator. He's got a lot of familiar uh, familiarity with these Ohio State players and the coaches. Uh, you know, the Rutgers pass defense has been terrible, and obviously Justin Fields is lighting it up, so that's a bad combo. But I think this actually will be the first game where Ohio State gets an opportunity to rest some of their guys late, get some of their backups in. I think they get up to a lead early and then coast a little bit. And uh, this game has, you know, backdoor cover written all over it for Rutgers. I'm going to take Rutgers plus 37 points. Yeah, Rutgers is not that bad of a team. You mentioned uh, Greg Schiano. He's really kind of changed the culture there very quickly. Yep. I think that they could, you know, make Ohio State sweat for a little bit. This is just ridiculous. And here's what happens. The market catches up with these certain teams. Like if Clemson wasn't, uh, if they still had uh, Trevor Lawrence, Ohio State, Alabama, the market doesn't want these teams to go 12-0 and against the spread. Usually when these teams, like Alabama a couple years ago, they went undefeated, 12-0. and yep. They were like 5-7 and against the spread. So the market catches up very quickly. This is way too many points. I'll, I'll take the Rutgers Scarlet Knights here. No bet board games yet. No, not yet. Maybe we'll get one here. I'm going to let Tyler take the lead on this one because this next game, we got obviously the Pac-12 is back. We got to pick some Pac-12 games here. UCLA... Going to Boulder, Good. to the Colorado Buffaloes, both Smitty and Tyler's team here. UCLA is six-point road favorite right now. Tyler, what I'm, do you got? I am not as jaded on my team as Will is. See, Will <laughs> approaches Michigan, and I feel like more times than not, you like to pick against them. You like to kind of point out their flaws, and if they win, you're happy. I'm not, not the wrong. same. I, I, I'm kind of I'm, I'm all in with my heart for the buffs, especially for our bet board games. And I take CU more times than not just because it gives me a little bit more to root for on the weekend. But I've got to tell you, the only advantage that the Colorado Buffaloes have this game is it's a brand new scheme. You know, UCLA doesn't know right. what they're going to see. No tape. I don't even know what we're going to see on the, on the field for Colorado. And, and the buffs just named a starting quarterback who played safety last year in, in, in uh, 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 Neuer. Uh, Sam oh, Neuer. it's no, okay. I was yeah. wondering who it would be. Yeah, it's going to be Neuer the Destroyer. So Neuer the I Destroyer. have a lot of question marks about what we're going to see on the offense for the Buffs. Now, I'm hoping to be pleasantly surprised. I'm taking Colorado plus the six in this bet board game. But 
there there are a lot of question marks, admittedly. And and frankly, I think we could see a great showing from the Buffs. They could come out. I really trust in their defense. That's the one spot where, you know, they honestly don't have many holes right now. Yeah. I think they're going to stop the pass very well. And everyone knows what Chip Kelly likes to do. So it's kind of back and forth in terms of advantages, disadvantages. But let's go Buffs. I'm taking CU plus the six points. And uh, let's hope they get it done. Smitty, we need to start getting a Smitty's pick every week. Is this a game that you want to uh, back the buffs, or what are you thinking? I was actually just just to go to Tyler's point that there's so many questions on offense. I was wondering if you do you have the over under for this game? I can uh, get it real quick. Uh, yeah, I'll bring it up. Um, I think you're going to see two strong defenses, and um, it's uh, 57 and a half. I'd take the under for sure. That's a big number. Yeah, that is a big number. Okay, so Smitty's on the under. Uh, I gotta agree with you, Tyler. I wish I could make a bet board game out of this, but I, you know, Chip Kelly, he's gonna make it a break it year. Chip Smelly, uh, worst two year start for any head coach at UCLA since nineteen twenty three. Seven and twenty one his first two years. You know, they bring back UCLA brings back a good amount of starters on offense. Doreen Thompson, Thompson Robinson, a quarterback. He's he's the guy there. Um, you mentioned you know CU. They got the new coach Carl Durrell. Mm-hmm. Is it Durrell or Durrell? Durrell. Um, I think he's in a tough spot here. Kind of a rebuilding year. But they still have the the coordinators from last year, the offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. Those guys stayed. You know, they bring back their entire defensive line from last season. A lot of the offensive line is back. I think that helps a lot with the new quarterback. And you can't ever forget about the altitude when it comes to teams traveling from sea level to Boulder. That's going to be tough for them. Uh, UCLA did not have a good start to the season last year. I don't have a a great feel for this one, but. You know, if you got a home team getting six points, I'm going to take that. So we're we're uh, both on CU there. Thank God you're not putting that one on me. Let's go Buffs. Um, next up, also Pac-12, Arizona State going on the road to USC. Right mm. now, USC ten and a, ten and a half point favorite. This line opened as only a seven and a half point favorite. It's been bet up three whole points. USC's got Keaton Slovis as quarterback, Amonra St. Brown at wide receiver, a ton of talent at running back. And a, another year in Graham Harrell's air raid offense with eight starters back on offense. Uh, people are expecting them to score a lot of points. They also bring in a new defensive coordinator, Todd Orlando, who came over from Texas. He's got nine starters back to play with. A lot of good signs for Clay Helton's USC team this year. Kind of crazy to think that this is his fourth year. Like, I, I don't know why. For some reason, when I was breaking down this game, I kind of assumed this was like his second or third year. And he had some, you know, his first year, he went 10 and three. Then eleven and three, and then he had a really rough five and seven year last year. They're eight and five, um, but with all these starters back, there's a lot of hype, and I think that's why they are ten and a half point favorites here. But if we've learned one thing from Herm Edwards from his time at Arizona State, is just don't count him out of any any game, especially these big ones. Um, the Arizona State defense has been great since he showed up. They've got eight guys coming back from last year on that side of the ball. He's been so awesome. In these big moments, they took down Oregon last year that knocked the Pac-12 out of the playoff race. He had some big upsets against Michigan State his first two years in their non-conference games. Uh, the ASU offense really hasn't been great. Jaden Daniels was pretty good as a true freshman last year, the quarterback, but they lose a ton of, of players from last year on the offensive, on offensive line. All around the offense, they lose their top wide receivers now in the NFL, uh, Brandon Ayuk. Mm-hmm. Um I think they struggle to score points here, but I think their defense has enough time to prep for this air raid and will will be able to limit the USC offense as well. I don't have a great feel for the spread, but I'm going to take the under, which right now is... I think 58. 58, really? I thought it was 59 and a half. That must have been bet down. Um, 
No, it, yeah, 58. Yeah. Okay, so it came down. Even still, I like the under. I like under 58 here. That's where I'm going with this game. Uh, it's a spread, uh, 10 and a half, 11? 10 and a half. Okay, I'm going to go Arizona State here, plus a 10 and a half. Okay. I know they have to replace some players from last year, but they have a lot of talent. Guys who are hungry, guys who didn't get into last year's game. I actually think Arizona State gives up some points here, but I believe they can keep up on, on the scoreboard. So uh, we, we just talked about Herm Edwards. A lot of players come up, well, some of the main players coming back on offense. Yeah. And I just think, despite the history, because honestly, they haven't had a whole lot of luck. The last 10 games... Arizona State's gone to USC, 2-8 and eight against the spread. Yeah. Despite that, I think they get the job done. In terms of covering the spread, 10.5, uh, I'll take Arizona State. Okay. Uh, next game, we talked about it, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. Yes. Not going to be as large as usual. Uh, only limited capacity, Florida at Georgia. Or is this game neutral like they always play it? Let me look it up. Um, I think it's usually played in a neutral spot. Um, but anyway... Uh, Georgia, three and a half point home favorite, came all the way down from six. They play in Jacksonville. In Jacksonville, yeah. so it is, uh, you know, fairly neutral. Yeah. Um, another game where you got, you know, strength versus strength. The Georgia defense versus the Florida offense. Uh, the Georgia offense is bad. You know. Uh, I mean, <laughs> side note: How bad did Georgia fuck up by letting Justin Fields get away from them into Ohio State? Oh, they got to be kicking themselves right now, seeing him light it up at Ohio State. And all Georgia needs right now on offense is a good quarterback, and they don't have it. Um, but the Georgia defense, you know, it's been so good all year long. Uh, they've been shutting down everybody except for Alabama, basically. And then they lose a preseason All-American safety who on Saturday night after the win against Kentucky crashed his dirt bike out on the street. He was riding his dirt bike, and he had a bunch of injuries. Uh, you know, there were reports saying he's lucky to be alive. He's going to be out for oh multiple weeks. He did have his helmet on, thankfully. Um, I think that could have a big effect on the game because Florida loves to pass the ball. Um, I still think that Georgia's defense is good enough to limit them. I think they have a lot of depth. Uh, right now, the total for this game, 54.5. Is that what you're seeing, Tyler? Yes. Um, I like the under 54.5. I don't think that Georgia's going to be able to score a lot here. I think that uh, Georgia's defense is going to limit Florida big time. Uh, five out of the last five games, between these two landed underneath that number of 54 and a half. Both offenses struggle. I'm going under 54 and a half. Oh, I, I struggled with this game. I mean, I think we slow it down, right? I think that Georgia controls the clock. They run the football. And I think Florida actually runs it more than we're used to seeing them run it. So I'm leaning with you with the under, but I'm going to go Georgia minus the three and a half here. I mean, if they okay. can put together some offensive drives, I just don't see Florida being able to keep up. So we're going Georgia three and a half if they can get it done through the air. Okay. Uh, Clemson at Notre Dame. This is the big one in the ACC. Uh, another primetime game. Uh, sorry, Clemson right now, five and a half point road favorite. This game is at uh, in South Bend. Line open up just three. Obviously, no Trevor Lawrence. Uh, this is another primetime game where I think Brett Venables and Dabo Swinney always play well and remind everyone just how good Clemson is. Notre Dame is currently ranked fourth in the country, but that's really only because after Clemson, Bama, and Ohio State, no one has any idea who the hell is the best of the rest? I don't think Notre Dame is the fourth best team in the in the country right now. Um, you know, it is scary having Trevor Lawrence being out, uh, considering that Notre Dame defense has been, you know, very good. And Clemson's offense did struggle early against uh, Boston College. But once again, Clemson, Clemson can kind of look vulnerable sometimes against lesser teams. But when they get in that primetime matchup, especially against a top 10 team that is inferior and Notre Dame is inferior, they always show up, especially the defense. Um, new, uh, the new Clemson quarterback we talked about him, DJ, 
Smitty. Onomatopoeia. Oh, you'd have to remind me again. Ooga Lele. Ooga Gagbalele. Something like that. Ooga Gagbalele. He looked solid and was efficient against Boston College. Um, I think they get a good good game plan for him. They're going to run Travis Etienne really well, allow the new kid to get some good play action looks. Um, But once again, the thing I feel most confident about is that Clemson's D is going to show up. Venables is going to have these guys ready to go. Nothing will look better for them for their playoff resume than to shut down an air quotes top five team in primetime on the road. Ian book is solid, but he's just not the kind of guy you can rely on in games like this. Uh, the quarterback from Notre Dame, I think Clemson dominates the line of scrimmage makes uh, life miserable for Ian book. I'm taking Clemson minus the five and a half here. We've got a bet board game. Yes. yes. We do. All right. So if I look at Notre Dame's offense compared to Clemson's defense, and strictly, Notre Dame's offense compared to the rest of the ACC, Notre Dame is actually having a sneaky good year in terms of number of plays, time on the field, and rushing yards. They're running for 231 yards a game. I know Clemson has a good defense, but if they can get that play action going, Ian Book is an extremely athletic quarterback, yeah. and I think he's he can mobile. get all over the field. I think this is going to be a back-and-forth game. Yards per play, very important stat in college football. Notre Dame, 6.14 yards per play. Clemson, 6.4 yards per play. So it's very even there. On defense, Clemson giving up 4.3 yards per play. Notre Dame, 4.4 yards per play. This is an extremely close game. I think that everyone has that Notre Dame-Louisville game stuck, lodged in their head, and I'm looking past that. There's so many things that happen during a season where teams have to be forgiven. And now two weeks in a row... Clemson has looked very average. We saw last week, and this is what I led the show with. You take out Sunshine, their quarterback, and for those who don't know, that's what I, that's what a lot Trevor of people Lawrence, call Trevor yeah. Lawrence. Yeah, I'm sure everyone knows that. I think they're no better than a very good team. I think they are right on Notre Dame's level. They have to go to South Bend. They'll have some fans in the stands. I think Notre Dame has a very, very good chance to upset Clemson here. And I also believe that Clemson is hearing, right? I always like to talk about what's going on in the locker room. What's the mindset of the players? I promise you, if Clemson loses this game, the narrative for not only this team and the but the playoff committee is going to be doesn't matter. Trevor Lawrence was out. Yep. They lost one game without him. In a weird way, 18, 19-year-old kid may think, even though they're going to be up for this game, hey, we lose this game. We still didn't have Trevor Lawrence. That's going to factor into the decisions. But even so, I think Notre Dame is actually better than a lot of people think. So uh, I think they have a very good chance to win this game. I think they can keep it certainly within five and a half. We got a bet board game. Last time you bet against Clemson in the bet board, it was a win for me. So Let's, we'll see if uh, Tyler ends up putting Clemson on his don't bet against team. Uh, very similar to my dead to me games, <laughs> which by the way, I, I, I failed to recognize that I put LSU on that list and then I bet them last week and they lost. They got blown out by Auburn. Uh, Bo Nix looking very sharp against that garbage LSU defense. These two teams, however, we talk about against the spread and its expectation. Yeah. These two teams are combining this year. Four and nine against the spread. Clemson is two and five against the spread this year. A lot of favorites. Yeah, yeah exactly. Lot, well, that's, Clemson gets those giant lines against bad teams, and then they finally get the low one against but Miami. Still, and they Will, cover, it doesn't but matter right. how big the line is. That's always expectation. This right. weekend, if Ohio State doesn't win by 38 points, they're failing to meet expectations. So Ohio it's State a great failures. Tyler said it first. <laughs> I agree. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Well, I'm glad we got a bet board game there. And then finally, maybe we've got one here too. Tennessee going on the road to Arkansas. Tennessee right now a one and a half point favorite. Wait, can we readdress my uh, my 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 headline for the last game? Oh yeah. 
Because they're going to win, right? Notre Dame's going to win. Yep. I wish you a happy playoffs. I don't like how you do it with the Christmassy tone. I know. You didn't have to <laughs> the be, Christmas like, song <laughs> makes it horrible for me. I know. Halloween was three days ago. Yeah, I'm already dude. ready for Christmas. We're not I even at too. Thanksgiving yet. You're one of those people. You're putting right, up fine. your tree. I wish you a happy playoffs. Yeah, much better. Okay, yeah. good. Um, Tennessee at Arkansas. Uh, the Vols, one and a half point road favorite. Arkansas is 5-0 and against the spread this year. Uh, they continue to be so well coached. They got the new coach Sam Pittman in there, and they're tough. I mean, they were they were like maybe the worst team in the SEC the last three years, and they've just been showing up. I think they're only two and three in their five games, but they're undefeated against the spread. They should have won against Auburn. Um, for me, it's really just I'm going to keep riding this train until they fail to cover. Tennessee has not been Im- impressive this year. Jared Garantano is a turnover machine. Uh, Arkansas has been really good at forcing turnovers. You know, Sam Pittman. Uh, I really, I think he's got these kids fully bought in. The defense has been really tough. I like the home team catching one and a half here. I'm taking the hogs. Yeah, I, I've got burned too many times this year on uh, Tennessee. So I'll go with you, Arkansas at home. I do think their defense has under the radar struggled this year, actually. They're giving up a lot of yards per play, and they're spending a lot of time on the field, so that may kind of mitigate for it, right? The offense yeah. doesn't do a good job allowing the defense to rest up, but still... Tennessee, we talked about Jeremy Pruitt possibly on the hot seat. Uh, it's not enough for me to want to uh, bet Tennessee this game, so not no bet board. One uh, last thing I want to just touch on before we wrap up here is uh, today uh, something bad happened. What's up? Sorry, sorry. I just wanted to bring what, – what's 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 that quarterback's name? Jaron G- Jared Garantano. Garantano. Uh-huh. Every time you say that, you bring it up at least once a week on the show. <laughs> the only thing that goes through my head – is in South Park, and it's what would Garantano do? Oh, uh, <laughs> no, yeah, that's um, Brian Boitano. Brian Boitano, but it makes me think of it every time you say it. I always think of Guantanamo Bay, so oh, you know, God. we're on different wavelengths <laughs> there. I don't know how no, this is going to be a tough transition to what I was just going to say. <laughs> Sorry, uh, it's okay, it's okay. Um, but we got to send you know good vibes and prayers out uh, today. Ole Miss had a uh, freshman tight end in practice who took a hit and had to be airlifted to a hospital. Lane Kiffin said he wasn't moving, um, and he was really shook up afterwards. You know, he's saying there's bigger things than football. Uh, Demarcus Thomas. So, you know, thoughts and prayers go out to him and his family. Yeah, Let's sure. hope that uh, everything turns out okay for him. Uh, that, 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 you know, that's a tough thing, and it is good to be reminded that there's bigger things in life than football, um, even for guys like us that want to talk about it professionally. So um, that's all we got for this week's show, though. Um, make sure you uh, subscribe turn on those notifications uh follow us on twitter i'm at will chambers cfb tyler is at tyler walgy uh smitty he's at woos producer thanks for listening guys and we will see you next week